adjust it, and we'll be good for it. So if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Psalm 119, because we are in a, a seriesette, if you will, of, of, in the book of Psalms, uh, in chapter 119. So it's not, a, it's not a study in the book of Psalms, per se, but it is a, a study in the, in the chapter of Psalm 119. And so uh, last week, we talked about the power of the Word of God, right, and how powerful that is. And if you, if you weren't here for that, our, our, our sermons are on our, on our website. They're also on Facebook. And so get on those. If you're not on already uh, a Facebook friend of ours, go ahead and like our page because there's a lot of announcements and things that go on there. Uh, as we grow, it's harder to communicate everything. And so that's a great place to just pop reminders out there and let you know what's going on in the church. So uh, I'm going to pray before we get started because that's just always a good thing to do. And Lord, um, we're in your word. And your word is powerful, and it is able to accomplish what it was set forth to accomplish, including in our hearts that sometimes is calloused over and and hard to get to, but the word is sharp. And we thank you for that. As much as sometimes it hurts, we thank you that the word is sharp because it keeps us on our toes. It it helps us to, to grow in the things of God. And this morning as we turn the topic, turn the theme to prayer, I pray that there would be an atmosphere in this place that would draw our hearts close to you, that would help me to minister the word of God in this portion of scripture according to your heart and what you'd like to say to this church. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So we started the study, and I, I reminded you last week that Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's long. It's 176 verses, and and we issued a challenge, if you will. I called it the 119 Challenge. And every day on Facebook, I put a portion of Scripture. If you read 25 verses a day, uh, you'll read through the entire Psalm 119 in the seven days prior to today. And so many of you tracked along, had some Facebook likes and comments. And so appreciate that. Many of you told me, I just read it all at once. And I'm like, cool, however you do it, it's good with me as long as you're reading the Word of God. But it is important, if you're like me, when I was in school, I waited to the last day to study, right? I'm the only one in the room. I think Mike was another one. So, but we don't do the Word of God that way. We don't treat the Word of God that way. We don't cram it in the night before. So if you did that last night, I'm glad you did your reading. But, but maybe we could track along and read every day the Word of God because it's that powerful. I am shifting gears today, and I want to talk about prayer. But you will see throughout this, this topic today that the Word of God is very prevalent, Okay. And I'm going to talk about the power of prayer. Yes, it's powerful. Was that an appropriate title for today? I'm not sure. I bounced back and forth. I was just going to call it prayer. It's just, you know, but prayer is powerful. So I rested on that. It is powerful. And it does what, what it needs to do in our lives. It's important to be people of prayer. And we spent not this week, but the week before down here every night for an hour, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7-ish, praying. And that's where a lot of these requests and some of these testimonies have come from from our time together seeking the Lord and praying for God to, to move on our behalf, amen, our families, our community, our church, and all those things. And so it was a really great time. This week we spent time in the Word of God, and this coming week uh, I'll issue a challenge here in just a few minutes. I don't normally do this, but I really feel inspired by the Holy Spirit that we should, as a body, as a corporate body, Grapevine Fellowship, be seeking God together, amen? And, and there's okay to have some purpose to that. There's, some, there's, some, there's okay, there's, 
I can't talk. And I prayed already. It's okay to have some definition or parameters around that. And I'm not, inc- I'm not saying here, pray and read in this box. I'm saying pray and read in this box and do whatever else God has. Add to. Amen? Let's expand ourselves. So I told you last week that I feel like the book of Psalms, and the more I study, this is becoming less accurate. Uh, but I think there's three major themes that run throughout the, the veins, if you will, of this psalm. And you see it's rep- repetitive, right? Duh, 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 duh. You know, it, it covers a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. But many of you have given me good feedback about your study time this week. About It's just, it's just coming alive to me. Uh, sometimes... Uh, the Psalms are awesome. I love them, but sometimes they feel repetitive. But there's a purpose to God's repetitiveness because we're knuckleheaded. Can I get a witness? You hear that? Yeah. We are knuckleheaded. We are hard-headed people. We're stubborn. The Bible calls us. It's not my term for you. I don't think any of you are that way at all. No, I don't. But the, Lord, but the Lord says that we are, so I'm going to back up the Lord in this case, okay? He's always right. I'm never right when it's in conflict with God, right? <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. So there are three themes that I see running through the, the 22 stanzas, if you will, that make up 176 verses in this chapter of Psalms. And just as in your face as the Word of God is, I think prayer is as much in your face uh, in this chapter. Did you know that prayer is the most talked about discipline in the Scripture? The command to pray is found 250 250 times in the Word of God. And on top of that, specific prayers are mentioned another 280 times within the book that was written by God. We covered that last week. Inspired by God, right? There's no mistakes in this book. It's infallible. Get that out of your head. If you're questioning anything in this book, again, you have the right to be wrong. I'm just being honest. Can I be honest today? I lost an hour of sleep. I'm just going to be brutally honest, okay? We have the right to be wrong. Amen? And as we look through this, I, I think that there's three specific prayers that David really kind of hones in on. And we're going to talk about those are your bullet points. They're in, they're, they're in your handout, short handout this week. But there's three specific things that really I think David is trying to drive home that, that I believe that for people who struggle with, with prayer time and focus, this might be good for you. And even if you don't struggle in that area, maybe you'll hear something this morning of a particular area of your life that, that you might want to realign or reconsider or reevaluate. Amen? Is that okay with you? Matter of fact, the whole book of Psalm is a prayer written in song form to the Lord. David used to sing this. I told you last week that there is uh, a, a, a custom that believes that David used this psalm to teach his son Solomon the Hebrew alphabet and also spiritual life. So I think there's a lot of application here that we can glean, right? You guys okay? You're quiet. Get over it. You're here now. You might as well just do it, right? We made it. We made it. I'm only going to keep you another 
20 minutes or so, 27 and a half, right? You know, hopefully you'll stay and see four baptisms. That's incredible. I'm excited about that. So let's just get into this. Number one, prayer teaches me. Prayer is a good teacher. The Word of God is a great teacher, but prayer teaches us as well. Look at Psalm 119, verse 12, to get things started this morning. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Can't talk. (laughs) Somebody just raise a hand and pray for me right now. Loose my tongue, Lord. (laughs) Look at this in the message. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. Listen. I believe we need to be taught or trained in the things of God. The Word of God does that through reading, but prayer is what opens our heart to receiving the Word of God. I remember reading this book before I was a Christian. I didn't read it much, don't get me wrong. My grandmother had one of She's a very devout Catholic. She had one of those that were like 47 pounds, you know, and it was opened and I would go in her bedrooms every once in a while, and there would be red letters, and I'd try to read it, and it made absolutely no sense. Why in the world would anybody even read that? That's what I thought. And nobody else thought that. I'm the only guy again. I'm all alone here today, Mr. Mike. I don't know, man. Somebody bring me a mirror, because I'm going to preach to me right now, okay? Jeez. No, I'm, just, I told, oh, I'm sorry. I told you I wouldn't be too hard on you, but I, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Many of us, we need to unlearn some unwise living. We do. The world has taught us. Friends have taught us. Parents, God bless them. My parents did a good job considering what they knew, right? But we've learned some things and we've been taught some things that are unwise, unhealthy, unmature, unrealistic. We've been taught things like buy now, pay later right? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Spend more than you make. (laughs) How about this one? Engage in gossip. Do I want to say this, Lord? I do want to say this because it's important. I already tempted you, huh? I already teased you, I already brought you in. I'm just trying to be careful because it, it concerns a family. But there may have been someone who left our church because gossip wasn't spreading. Yeah. Because they didn't hear about something that had happened. But yet you complain about gossip, but you're leaving because you didn't hear about this through the grapevine. I'm just saying, family, I'm not trying to pick, and I'm not mentioning any names, you know, but this is the kind of thing that we have been learned, amen, and we need to unlearn these things. Gossip is not okay under, under, under any circumstance. It's just not okay. It's not healthy. It destroys a church. Yeah, <laughs> right, if we're not gossiping, right? We, we have learned that. Okay, to God, I'm just getting personal here. Somebody put your toes out there. Just put them out there. You might as well. I'm just going to step on them anyway. That we can live together out of marriage. Let's just give it a try. We marry with the intent of 
the thought that it probably won't work anyway. These are things that we've been taught. We, we are learning that, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little personal. And, and trust me, I love everybody. And I love sinners like I love non-sinners, which there is no such thing, just so you're clear. We've been taught that same-sex marriage is okay. We've been taught to change our sexual identity is okay. There's things that we have been taught that we need to unlearn because it's not okay with God's word. It's just not okay with God. And we can't change the word of God. He's not going to do it. He is not a man that he should lie. And, and that doesn't mean that we love anybody any less. Man, I, I love, I love there's some people that I love that I know are homosexual. There are people that I love that I know that, that have struggled with same-sex identity or opposite-sex identity. I, I don't judge at all because, you know what, my sin on the scale of God's sin scale weighs the same as everybody else's in this room. Whether we're liars or murderers, it weighs the same to God. It's still sin. Come on. And we need to love one another, but we also need to know that we are not exactly as wise as we need to be. And, and, and can I tell you, prayer teaches us to be wise. You can read the Bible all day long and won't learn a thing unless you are in prayer, unless you are in Christ, unless you have relationship with Him. Did I not release the students? Yeah, they went anyway, huh? My, son hang, my son's hanging out. Thank you, son. You wanted to hear me preach. Hallelujah. And David, he teaches us to ask God to train or to teach us to live wisely. And we should do the same thing. Let's get into some more scripture. Verses 33 through 37 in Psalm 119. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law of Pastor Stewart. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Verse 35, make me, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. 36, incline my heart toward your testimonies and not to covetousness. 37, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. David, he connects our teachability to our ability to stay on course with God. If we don't stay teachable, we will chase every rabbit. We will turn towards destruction every single time, Christian. I'm not even preaching to non-Christians yet. I'm talking to family. If we don't allow God to teach us through our prayer life, we will turn towards destruction. We will try to manipulate the word of God to justify our sin. We hear it all the time, don't we? In this one statement that we just read, David wraps up what I think is, is the greatest testimony anybody could ever have. I, matter of fact, if you want to put this on my tombstone, if I'm worthy of it when I die, it would be a great honor. My whole life, one long, obedient response. My whole life, one long, obedient That did not say... One perfect walk. That did not say he got it right every day. Come on. 
Did not say that he was perfect and he did everything right and he was the greatest guy ever. Many of you in this room already don't believe that about me. It's true, but you don't believe it. One long, obedient walk. It means when I mess up, Daryl, I hope I own it. When I fall short, I hope I pick myself back up and turn to God. When I make mistakes, when I sin, I turn to God quickly. That's obedience. Amen? If we don't stay teachable, we'll spend our life chasing after, as the Scripture said, worthless things. Things that don't matter. Things that don't value or don't... The Bible says it this way. You can store up treasures with rust and moths, or you can store them in heaven. And many of us are storing up things that are, are not eternal. I won't tell you the joke about the pavement of gold because you all know it. But the things we value here are pavement in heaven. Right? Or they're gates. The things we should value here is sitting in this room. Are on your number one list on your phone, your family, your friends, your coworkers. Those are the things. Remember I told you a few weeks ago, it's only one thing better than going to heaven taking somebody with you. Paul said, I just soon go to hell. Then not be able to take anyone with me. Paraphrase. We give the most valuable commodity that we have, our time, our life, in pursuit of things that don't matter. And David says, if you're being taught, you'll give your life to what's important. Let's turn back to some more scriptures. Verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Verse 68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Verse 24 and 25, deal with your, deal or no deal? Deal or no deal? That's what you should tell yourself when you're reading the Word of God. Deal or no deal? And remember, God's always right. Verse 24, deal with your servant according to your mercy, and teach me your statutes, for I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. Verse 144, the righteous of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding repetitively, David, throughout this psalm, is pleading with God, teach me, give me understanding, help me to, man, if we don't pray and ask God to reveal the word to us, there's going to be hidden things there that we won't understand and we'll misinterpret and we'll, we'll, we'll misrepresent and, and we'll stand in, we'll stand in, why do, why do sinners think that we're, what's the label Christians get? Hypocrites. Because we are I'm not trying to be mean. We are hypocritical in some ways. At the same time, we'll never stand up to this entirely. You just can't. But you should strive. It's not an excuse not to strive. Well, we can't do it. Pastor said we can't do it. Let's just quit. Sorry, I probably should have said that you can't do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, give me a you. Give me a can do it. That's why I didn't make the cheerleading squad. (laughs) 
David says that we need to be taught to live by the word of God. He says that we should, should pray or ask God on a regular basis to give us some common sense. Good old-fashioned common sense is what's missing in America today. We don't have a whole lot of it. Is this, I think I put this quote, did I? Yeah, A.W. Tozer, I love this. He said, one of the saddest things about our generation is that we've had our learning done for us. <laughs> we, we let everybody else do our learning for us. Uh, I wonder how many people are living at less than and calling it more than because they haven't sought God to find out what he says about it. Right? Write that down. Have you noticed yet how every one of these prayers that we've talked about has brought God's word into the equation? Every one of them. Teach me your testimonies. Teach me your precepts. Teach me your word. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me your book, your statutes. Teach me your commandment. Teach me how to live. Every one of them. Every prayer has been opened your word to me, God. God's word is living and powerful, but I believe too many of us approach it with a nonchalant attitude. And can I tell you this? Attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines the altitude of your life. You want to live higher? You want to live more in love with him? You want to live more in, in the presence of God, which is up here? It's in your attitude. I'm going, to get, I'm going to issue another challenge. It's still the 119 challenge, and I'm going to put the, the, the 25 verses a day up on Facebook, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to pray five minutes before you read them and pray five minutes after, and pray through them. Okay? So if it takes you five minutes to read those 25 verses, Pastor Ron's asking you to pray for 15 minutes. Oh, man. He's getting mean on us now. He's so bossy giving homework. Just doing my job. Just doing my job. It's important. Pray five minutes before. Let's read this chapter again together this week. I won't ask you to do it next week because we're moving into resurrection services and things like that. But we're probably going to come back to it. We're probably gonna, there's still a couple more themes I want to address, amen? And the more I study, the more themes there are. This could turn into 90-something sermons, right? No, they probably won't. That's wrong as we're taught the Word of God. Number two. Prayer blesses me. You know that prayer blesses you? It's a blessing to pray. Look at verse 17 in Psalm 119. Deal bountifully. Who has another translation? What does it say there? See, you guys don't have the Bible open. What does it say, Pastor Stu? Deal bountifully. You got the New King James? Okay. Well, anyway, look that up. It says it differently. Okay, so everybody's tracking with, with what I preach. New King James, what I preach out of. Be good to your servant, yeah? Be good to your servant. Bless your servant that I may live and keep your word. Verse 65, do good to your servant according to your what? Word, Lord. Word. Word. Verse 135, make your face shine upon your servant. You know, I've been trying to say this, this as we depart many times since the first of the year. Numbers 6, 24 and 26. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 
Here it is again. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Have you noticed the order? The order of what's going on? He's saying, teach me so I can handle your blessings. We get order all wrong in, 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 in our lives. Bless me, bless me, Lord, I dare you to bless me. Huh. <laughs> Anybody pray that way? <laughs> Listen, we waste God's blessings because we haven't learned to steward favor yet. God pours out blessing on us and we squander it. We waste it sometimes. We don't utilize it to the best of our abilities or the best of the Lord's ability, what God has set that blessing in our life for. Well, you gave me a lot of money so I can go shopping more. No. You could do some of that. Praise God. God's blessed you, but, but use it for the kingdom. Remember, we're building treasures in heaven. We're, we're laying up treasures in heaven, not on earth. I'm not getting ready to receive a big offering so you could just settle down on that's not where we're going. That's not where we're going. If you need to give it to another organization, I'm just saying be obedient to the Lord. Amen? We spend the majority of our prayer life asking God to bless us. Think about your prayer time. Think about, and it's okay to ask for God to bless you. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but think about the, the, the ratio. Not Horatio. He's not here this morning. He had to. He even said his clock on time. The ratio of our prayer life, the, the how much we ask God according for blessing uh, in, in, in light of how much we ask God to teach us. In light of how long do we sit quietly waiting for God to answer our request. I know as soon as I start hearing, I'm done praying. Because he's getting ready to say no, right? Or maybe he's going to say, wait. I'm like, whoa, I'm done praying. Didn't hear that. Didn't hear that. Man, you can't talk to me. Right? We should be praying to be taught first and spend less time praying the bless me prayers. Really. And you'll see, I'm going to cover a few more verses here in a minute. David does go to God and ask for blessing. But there's a maturity in his asking. You know, God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Can I tell you? He's going to change your desires first to line up with his will before he starts giving you those things. Because some things that you're asking for don't line up according to his will. They're not part of his purpose and plan for our lives. And so when we ask amiss, we won't receive. And there's a maturity that has to take place. And there's nothing wrong with praying, praying bless me prayers, man. One of the greatest prayers came out of the shortest portion of Scripture, right? The prayer of Jabez, right? Everybody read that book when it was hot. Oh, it was so exciting. Everybody was, bless my, and span my territory. Hallelujah. And, and that's all good stuff. But, but God needs to tell us what he wants to expand first. Am I okay with you guys? Should we make our requests known to God? Absolutely. In fact, it talks about that in Philippians 4, 6, right? Let's read that together. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Look at order again. Make your requests known with thanksgiving. Oh, bless me, God. And you better do it now because time's running out. Amen, right? You guys are I should. I, I think because we have this consumeristic mentality, 
we, we live in a consumer, consumeristic, uh, let's say it this way, a microwave generation, but we serve a crock-pot God, right? He's a slow cooker, isn't he? He's a slow cooker, and that's a good thing. We need to fill our prayers with thankfulness and blessing him first. Here's the, la- here's the last one. Prayer prot- protects me. Prayer pr- protects you. Verse 25, Psalm 119 says, My soul clings to the dust. David said, Revive me according to your word. Several times in this psalm, as you study this week, I want you to look for these. But God, David asked God to revive him. Verses 86 and 87 says, all of your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. He says, help me. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. Listen, one of the most basic prayers we can pray, and the one that God will answer every time, is a cry for help. He'll answer it every time. You may not sense it in the season that you're in. You may not understand the answer. You may feel like you're being left alone, but God is on your side. Just like Mike exhorted us in the Word of God, there are angels, and there are, there are angels assigned to every believer. There, there is a, even beyond that, there is a Holy Ghost of God, amen? There is the, the third person, the triune God, who has been assigned to each and every person on this planet, amen? Whom shall I fear? No weapon formed against me will prosper. Come on, I am more than a conqueror. Verse 94, David said, I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. Verse 122 says, Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the proud oppress me. Another translation says bad men and women come against me. you know that there are bad men and women out there that are trying to come against you? Okay. Verse 134, redeem me. Oh, I just read that one. Excuse me. Jump down to 146 and 147. I cry out to you, save me, and I will keep your testimonies. I rise up before the dawning of the morning, and I cry for help in your Word. Listen, long before the enemy made his job description public in John 10.10, kill, steal, and destroy, David knew that the enemy's plan was to come against you, that he desired to destroy you, that he desired to destroy everyone connected to you, and he desires to tear down your testimony. And David's writing about that in here. He's saying, be on guard. God is our source, amen. God is our rear guard. The psalm, this psalm helps us to constantly and teaches us to consistently seek God's help. Many of us ask others. 13 of the 22 stanzas, David says, save, help, restore, rescue, revive. 13 of the 22. Look for them this week when you're reading. Highlight them. Or sometimes we ask the wrong people for help. David was a guy that had all the armies at his disposal, horses and chariots, right? If anyone should have felt like he could live peacefully, it should have been David. But yet he says, God, 
God, restore me. God, revive me. Would you stand to your feet? So many of us run to everyone but God for help. We communicate our needs constantly and consistently on Facebook and Twitter, right? Make phone calls to anyone who will listen. We trust people and things to protect us over the Lord sometimes. We trust in our own defense mechanisms. I'm streetwise. I was on the streets for a lot of years. I could protect myself. Not the kind of protection I'm talking about. I don't care how bad you are. I've never seen anybody physically punch the devil in the face. It ain't going to happen. I wish sometimes. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Just let me see him one time. But what David is trying to get through our thick skulls is that we should seek protection from God. We should seek God's purpose and plan for our life. He's able to help us and keep us. He keeps us going when we feel like giving in and giving up. We need to pray, Lord, protect me from things seen and unseen, expected and unexpected. Instead of filling our prayer life with requests and lists and bless me prayers, I believe that the psalm that we're reading today teaches us or, or encourages us or maybe convicts us today to pray, teach me, bless me, and protect me. I'm not saying there's wrong, anything wrong with any of your other prayers, but I'm saying maybe we're missing these three or at least one. Listen, in your, li- in your fight for your life, the enemy of your soul wants to kill you. He's come to take away your liberty, try to. So I wonder why we wouldn't allow the one who is undefeated, right? The one who is unrivaled, the one who needs no sleep, the one who never takes a vacation, the one who doesn't call in sick because he's got nasal issues. Right? He has no weaknesses. Why wouldn't we ask him to rise up and come to our rescue? Remember Muhammad Ali back in the day, the undisputed champion? He's disputed now. Pacquiao, love the guy, he's disputed now. God is undisputed. With every head bowed in this place. Lord, no matter where we are in our walk with you and how mature we are or immature we are, how far along in our prayer life we are or how far behind we may feel, we all have room to grow. And I pray that you would help us this week Help us this week in this challenge and and in our prayer life to pray, teach me. Teach us your word. 
teach, open your word up to us, Lord, the truth of your word. Not the way we've heard it from man who has misrepresented it. Not the way we've read it on the gospel of Google. But the way your word is written. Pinned from the very finger of God. Teach us your word. Teach us how to ask for blessing according to your will for our life. How to trust you for it. How to believe that we are worthy of your blessings. No matter where we've been or what we've done. If we have Christ, he made us worthy. Protect us, Lord. Protect us from the world. Protect us from our enemy. Protect us from ourselves. And if you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never asked him to be Lord of your life, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'd like to invite Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'd like to invite him into my life. You're all family. Anybody at all. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. just for one, it's worth it. If it was just for one, Jesus would have went to that cross 2,000 years ago. But the beautiful thing about it, and maybe you're here hesitating to raise your hand, is he didn't die for just one. He died for everyone who would receive him. So maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you'd pray this prayer with me, and you'd, you'd believe in your heart the scriptures say that you are saved, that Jesus becomes Lord of your life. You don't have to show your hand to Pastor Ron. I just like to count numbers. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your life that was given for me. I accept the free gift of salvation. Thank you for your blood that was spilt on Calvary. Help me with my new life from this day forward. Jesus' name I pray. Can we just give a big amen? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well,